The film podcast you're about to listen to contains heavy spoilers, so if you have not seen the films we are discussing in this episode, please pause now and go watch before continuing. You have been warned, so if you have heard about what we're seeing in the end, it's prepared What is it? Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. Welcome to yet another episode of I Have to Return Some Videotapes. I'm Armand. And I'm Joe. And uh, we're gathered here yet on a, another glorious day to talk about some movies we watched. And uh, <laughs> I guess, shall we just dive right in? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to say. Yeah, um, so if you listened to the last episode, I, requ- I said that we would be <laughs> discussing another David Lynch film. This makes it, what, our, our third David Lynch encounter? 
I believe so. Yeah, we did Dune, and then we did Wild at Heart. And now we're talking about David Lynch's 1997 film, Lost Highway. And, uh, you know, before, I guess, we get into it, because I can go on a whole spiel about this movie, I want to get, like, (laughs) your initial impressions, Joe. Um, Because I was pretty vague about describing this movie, because it's kind of hard to explain (laughs) what happens in this fucking movie. Like, what was was your initial impression? Is fair. So basically, all I remembered when I was going in, into this was you told me that the soundtrack was very coveted, right? Yes. Um, so I was like, okay, but that is literally the only thing I knew. So, you know, like when the movie fucking starts up and, you know, the it's telling you the cast, I'm like, okay, what what movie is this? It's got Hell Gary yeah. Busey. Richard Pryor. Like, yes. And, like, who else did it have? Like, Bill Pullman. You're just like, I've never, would have never expected a movie where all these people are, like, in the same film. Yeah. Um, so, Fucking uh, Henry Rollins. He's a exactly, prison guard. Exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Um, so, very interesting cast right off the gate. Um, and that was all I knew going into it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said you saw this at a young age, right? Yes. So this was my first David Lynch film. I had the soundtrack. Well, my dad had the soundtrack and, you know, me, I, my dad kind of raised me on Nine Inch Nails and, uh, Trent Reznor basically like helped produce the soundtrack and, you know, also contributed music to some of the film and i just remember seeing that cd and i was just like oh all right and then uh just one summer day 10 years old i saw my dad recorded you know lost highway on the fucking dvr and i was just like oh that's that movie like maybe i should you know see what it's all about and i just walked away completely fucking confused (laughs) it's my first ever david lynch experience probably not a starter for David Lynch. It's definitely uh, one of the ones that is kind of less talked about in his catalog. And it's, it's not a bad film by any means, but it's just, uh, it's very, it's a very nineties, late nineties movie. It's <laughs> like a time capsule. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a fair way to say it for sure. Cause yeah, on this soundtrack you got fucking Smashing Pumpkins, Marilyn Manson, Rammstein. Oh my! I love the fucking scene with Rammstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's very it kind of takes you out a little bit. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just hear these like deep German voices that just kind of come out out of nowhere. Yes. But yeah, it, it yeah, it kind of had that same quality of like like a train spotting, you know, where like the soundtrack just got really popular because it's like just a you know, a compilation of just some some banging tunes. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, you know, I I feel that I absolutely agree that the soundtrack elevates this movie. Um you know, it's so like I don't know. I don't feel like um, 
David Lynch has some great movies. I, I feel like, I don't know why, but he just really went hard with this one soundtrack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> I mean, because it has, like, original, like, music that's made for the movie by, like, Angelo Badalamente, his mm-hmm. go-to guy. But, yeah. So, it yeah, it's like a weird combination. You get, like, the typical jazz that you expect with David Lynch, but then you're getting like this like industrial rock and then even like some hip hop too. Right. So, yeah. It's, it's kind of all over the place, but, uh, Hey, that's kind of the charm of it. I mean, I, I like, again, I love that David Bowie song that it starts off and that it starts and ends the movie with. Right. Cause it kind of like is like the mission statement of the movie. Like, you know, the song's called I'm deranged <laughs> and, a little bit you know on the nose there but if it fits uh god i think we're getting to the part where i have to kind of explain the movie and i'm like oh boy (laughs) i mean i i mean i'll let you go first (laughs) so i guess i mean it's kind of hard to summarize this movie but i guess i'll you know Basically, we follow Bill Pullman, who is a uh, Fred Madison. He's this saxophone guy. He loves the saxophone. He does. Um, he has a wife, Renee, and uh, they seem really kind of cold and distant. Definitely not the best marriage or relationship. And uh, yeah, some strange things start happening. They start getting fucking videotapes showing up to their house of like someone like surveilling their house and then even at one point like they're inside the house and they're just kind of like what what the fuck's going on they call the cops the cops are like uh i guess we'll we'll check or something (laughs) um but (laughs) the key the in during that see there's there's a pretty pivotal point that i feel like kind of explains that it's like a a huge clue to the movie Where, you know, they're asking, you know, if he owns a f- video camera and he's like, no, because like, uh, I he like hates. to remember. Th- yeah, oh, he yeah, hates yeah. video cameras and he likes to remember things the way he remembered them, not necessarily the way they happened. Right. And yeah, that's like a huge, like huge pivotal point. Like you hold on to that. And fucker, they go to a fucking party. They meet fucking one of the creepiest uh oh my god characters ever like this shit scared the hell out of me as as a kid <laughs> and it's even more terrifying now given that it's robert blake you know a guy who actually committed murder <laughs> so, yeah like, it, it has uh it has kind of like a more unsettling quality to it like knowing like who the person is that's playing this this fucking character that just seems so fucking sinister it's like, oh God, just thinking about it just makes makes my bones rattle. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really rough because it's like I don't know if that character ever has like a name, like a proper name. No, he's just called the mystery man in credits. Okay. He is a fucking I mean, this this is a a weird reference, and you know, you don't really watch movies. Um, there's the, in the Seventh Seal, right? The Seventh <laughs> Seal is a movie by Ingmar Bergman, and mm-hmm. Death, his face is all fucking like white and pale and yeah. like, gross like that. 
and um it's just he, he he's just a a, a kind of um what's the word omnipotent throughout the film like even when yes. he's not there he's there and it really kind of starts to fuck with your mind mm-hmm. a bit because um i mean i'm getting ahead of myself i'm sorry you're still explaining it no no but case in point like yeah he basically doesn't seem human like he seems like this kind of like otherworldly force of nature that's kind of like controlling the narrative of this world you know mm-hmm. and as he points out in that scene like he's just like hey we've met before and all that stuff and he's just kind of saying that like you invited me in like you basically summoned me like it's not my custom to go wherever i'm not wanted um but yeah basically that happens wake up the next day gets another videotape and we see that uh renee is like all dismembered and fucking uh fred is just like wallowing in 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 the in the in the bloody mess and then it just kind of cuts to him like you know essentially just being put in jail put in prison yeah i was just gonna say that was probably one of the most jarring like yes holy fuck you know yeah it just cuts like the cameras start shaking there's fucking like strobing lights and then yeah just hard cut um yeah there's a lot of jarring moments like that in this film and uh yeah so he's basically in jail for killing his wife starts experiencing fucking headaches and then one fucking weird night he you know that shit happens again and he essentially becomes another person yes which <laughs> when i saw that for the first time when i was like 10 years old i was like what what is happening <laughs> it's like this is not how movies are supposed to work <laughs> oh my god yeah, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, how did you feel when when you saw that shit, Joe? I okay. So I got um a little lucky in terms of like, you know, I've seen other David Lynch content. I've uh-huh. I've seen fucking uh Freaky Friday. No, no, no. I've that's a joke. <laughs> I've seen um we still haven't okay. I don't think you've seen this one yet, Armand, but I've seen Mulholland Drive. No, I've seen Mulholland Drive. Oh, okay, okay. So th- yeah. watching that, I was like, okay, if I had never seen Mulholland Drive, I would have been kind of fucked up right now. Yeah. Yeah, essentially this movie kind of is, I mean, it can't it was the movie that came out before Mulholland Drive, but uh, right. you know, I, like it's weird cuz they uh, like around this time, like after Twin Peaks, David Lynch really kind of got obsessed with like I like focusing more on themes of like identity and like duality and like people literally becoming like other people like right like doppelgangers and shit like that right and right. uh it's just so crazy that like it's such like a, a like a focal point to like all the stuff like after twin peaks like with this movie and maholland drive and you know it's been a while since i've seen uh inland empire but you kind of get same vibes there in Inland Empire. So a lot of stuff with identity, duality and shit like that. And we'll get, we'll get to that. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but yeah, so he basically becomes this other person named Pete Dayton, who is like this young fucking stud, this hot, handsome <laughs> mechanic who, and, uh, yeah, he starts basically living another life, but, um, as, as it goes on, shit starts getting more crazy. We see the mystery man pop up again and, uh, <laughs> Oh man, it's it's kind of hard to kind of go into all the details because <laughs> like, well, this movie, I would say this movie, it's kind of like, like most of David Lynch's movie, it's like a fucking, it's a weird slow long nightmare. Yes, absolutely. You kind of have to like just let it take you where it wants to take you, like. It's kind of crazy to think about it because, like, the first 40 minutes of the movie, like, not much happens. Like, there's a lot right. of, like, just scenes where you're just holding on, like, dark hallways and stuff like that. It's, like, a lot of mood building. Absolutely. A lot of phones ringing. Yeah. <laughs> phones <laughs> ringing and, and you know, saxophones playing. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, that fucking, he's wailing on the saxophone in that one scene. Yes, I didn't get to look up a lot of info about this, but I did uh, know, like, Bill Pullman didn't know how to play the sax, but he learned that one solo for that one scene, and that is oh, him really? playing it, yeah. I didn't know that yet. I always assumed, because, yeah, that's a crazy fucking piece. But right? yeah, anyway, um... Yeah, I guess uh shit. I don't even know. This 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 movie's got my brains all <laughs> exploded. I would say this uh, something that I realized pretty um it just jumped out at me is like in a sense this movie is like almost like weirdly more traditional of a, like a horror movie for a David Lynch film because it's one of those movies where like every time characters have sex like something bad is about to happen and i feel like that happens in a lot of classic horror movies yeah well i know we said this about wild at heart but i feel like both wild at heart and this movie they're it's a really sexual movie like we see yeah. so many scenes of people fucking especially like when he turns into Pete of course, right? Pete's a fucking hound dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the that is definitely uh, a, it's like a weird sexual movie. Um, basically, this movie is kind of about like, and I know this is going to be a bold statement since we're going to talk about the Batman and <laughs> I'll, I'll also bring up the Northman, but I feel okay. like all these movies that we're going to talk about today... Uh, they kind of evolve around like, like just weird toxic shit that men do. Oh, like this one, this one's kind of about like the weird sexual hangups and like inadequacies of of men, and like how men like you know can't like they just simply misunderstand women and like treat women as like these objects of desire. Because, like, that's what happens when he turns into Pete, like, you know? Because, hmm. essentially, with Fred, he's kind of living out this, like, like like I said, marriage, very cold and distant. 
that sex scene that they have together, it's like it's a pretty like sad and pathetic one. Right. He doesn't even finish, like, right? Yeah, and she like gives him that like like little <laughs> pat on the back, that little patronizing <laughs> pat on the back. And like you see her face too. She just looks kind of like like just done done yeah. with it all. Right. And and yeah, whenever you see her and Fred alone, she's she's kind of like timid and also has like this feeling of like like she's scared of Fred. And right. Yeah, so I feel like this movie is kind of like yeah, just about how yeah, men just constantly misunderstand women and like these like weird like insecurities that like men develop with 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 that shit um okay wow that's a very it's a deep take armand (laughs) i don't know do you have any deep takes joe okay a joke take that i have and i've never seen um this other movie but watching this movie was like this is what i thought jacob's ladder would be you know what i mean like that's another kind of i think that was like an early 90s movie that's supposed to be really yeah. weird yeah uh i've well, that never was seen about it. war right <laughs> i i think so i've never seen it though i just know that it's supposed to be like kind of bizarre um i would say watching this though really it, it was like i don't know it kind of reminded me of like of course i did get that um that aura of like impotence right especially Mm -hmm. in the scenes where it's like mostly revolving around fred yeah but even when he's pete it's kind of that thing of like you know how some people you know they they like wax poetic about like oh if i were back in high school with the knowledge i know now yeah yeah and uh but he still fucks up you know what i mean he still kind of does the kind of the same things that any other teenager would do in that mm-hmm. given situation and um yeah I, th- I thought i i guess it said a lot about like how I mean, the best way to say it is how like sadly sometimes you know uh arousal does not trump wisdom even when it yeah. should yeah or, or it does wisdom does not trump arousal i meant to say even when yeah. it probably should and um you know i've definitely met very grown adults that make very silly mistakes Mm -hmm. just to you know how they say have sex (laughs) yeah 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 so that's 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 something i got from it you know yeah well yeah it's definitely uh I would say Fred pulls uh, an, an Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, but he goes the extreme and fucking conjures up this weird fantasy world where he's this young 24-year-old. But yeah, to like quickly sum up the movie, that's essentially what happens. Man kills his wife, and then while he's in prison, he dreams that he's in this young fucking go-getter who's getting pussy left and right like the fucking cop says says oh this fucker gets more pussy than a toilet seat (laughs) (laughs) and yeah but dude can't learn but then reality comes seeping back in see 
yeah, as uh, as you pointed out with the seventh seal with death, I feel like mm-hmm. the mystery man kind of. Um, I mean, he he represents a lot of things, but I think he represents like both reality and like just the part of like Fred's mind that like doesn't like that basically doesn't hide from the truth. Ooh. Like, cause like he shows them that ugly side, like especially when he turns back into Fred uh, at towards the end, where he's right. just like, he's like, her name is Renee. Like, if she told you her name was Alice, she's fucking lying. And like he kind of runs away because he's not ready to fucking face that fear yet of confronting reality and the things that he's done. And yeah, yeah the the mystery man also kind of yeah. I feel like gets out that ugly side of him. Cause like, again, like he helps him fucking kill Mr. Eddie or Dick Laurent <laughs> at, yeah. at the very end. So he's like, yeah, he's kind of like that, that darkness. Okay. I, that's fair. And I, you know, I did think a lot about like how it's, you know, the whole thing around like videotapes and how he's, you know, so i guess of course afraid of it but like what that would mean to him as someone who you know you mentioned that line early he wants to remember things as he remembers them but you can't really hide from you know yeah the video yeah yeah and um of course throughout the film they they keep cutting back to that like fucking garish clip of Renee is what basically like chopped up a little bit yeah yeah and you're like holy fuck you know it's on some like I mean I feel like I saw this movie a while ago and I um I don't know if it's a great comparison but gave me kind of Videodrome ish kind of interesting yeah I mean yeah, yeah definitely with like the the videotapes and stuff like that yeah um I think also with like with wild at heart david lynch kind of told us like kind of what the movie was about in interviews because um again this movie came out in the 90s mm-hmm. and joe do you know what famous case was going on in the 90s oh absolutely because i did like yeah i did kind of think about like you know 97 um the oj simpson case mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. So like uh David Lynch and uh, also the guy who wrote helped, you know, write Wild at Heart who wrote the original book, uh Barry Gifford, they're I guess both, you know, just kind of obsessed with that trial like everyone was. Right. And I think they just kinda had yeah, Dave David explains it basically like it's just like how can someone who commits uh, like an act that vile like just kinda like go on with their life just like that? And you know, I I didn't ever say anything at the time, but I had had a fixation on O.J. Simpson, the trial. And I think uh, some of this uh, grew out of O.J. Simpson because uh, here is a guy who, at least, you know, uh, I believe, you know, committed two murders and yet is able to go on uh living and and speaking and you know doing and um golfing 
things like this. And so what is the mind to do uh, when it, when, you know, after something like that, after a, a you know, uh, horrific murder and, and that experience, how does the mind protect itself from that knowledge and go on? And that's interesting to me. And the mind is interesting, you know, for sure. Huge, huge stories in the mind. But that's one thing. Um, and when we, Barry and I talked about that. How does the mind trick itself so that that can be put in a place where it no longer um, has that, you know, uh, horrific power and you go on living? Just to, right. you know, like he's just out here golfing, smiling, <laughs> and having a good time. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the, he, he says in the interview they, like, found a term, uh, psychogenic fugue, which is kind of an outdated term. It's basically fugue state. Okay. And, yeah, that's kind of how he explained the movie, was just like, yeah, a fugue state, which is, yeah, what Fred goes through. He kind of uh, wants to hide and escape from the reality, the horrors of reality of what he's done and live in this fantasy world. But as the mystery man kind of comes up, through towards the end of the movie he's kind of like putting trying to basically put him back in reality just it's like you can do your best to escape all you want but at the end of the day it's gonna get you that is that is true and i mean i don't know why this is armand out of like all the the scenes throughout this movie but you know how towards the end um, you know, Alice, you know, when, when she's blonde and they're having sex, like right before, um, uh, Pete turns back into Fred. Yeah. She says like they're having sex and then she says like, she stops and she's like, you can never have me. Mm-hmm. And um, it goes into that, like that object of desire shit, like. He's constantly just obsessing over, yeah, like because he keeps on saying, I want you, I want you. Right, right. I don't know why I thought this at first. I literally thought that, like, it was the mystery man, like, fucking with him in terms <laughs> of, like, you know, he he could, like, kind of shapeshift into, you know, Alice and then be so you like, thought he was he was fucking the mystery man? <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. It was because okay, <laughs> it's because she walks, she walks nakedly. Um, yeah, and you know I will say Patricia Arquette is uh, looks great in this movie. She walks into the cabin, and then when he turns back into Fred and looks over, <laughs> it's the, it's the mystery man walking into the cabin, and I'm like. And when he goes and checks inside, it, there's no, you know, there's no Alice. And I'm like, did this man really just, like, fuck him to prove a point? Like, that's so... Um, I mean, look, yeah. yeah that's, that's a theory. That's a game uh, theory for sure. I, I don't, yeah, I don't even have anything else to, like, back that up. <laughs> it was just so, like, a, like a, oh, my God. You know, like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Patricia Arquette though. I think uh, I think that may have been one of her like first like nude scenes because like she's very uncomfortable. But like David Lynch basically kind of helped her through it. 
Okay. I hope there was a tarp. You know, they just start fucking in the fucking desert. Just right. They're just like, Sandy. oh, the guy's the guy's not here. I guess we'll, we'll just fuck until he gets here <laughs> on the fucking in in the sand. Have sand going up in pussies and dick holes. Woo! <laughs> there is a surprising amount of um, body horror that I feel like goes on in this movie. You know, hmm. like there's the okay. This is such a specific part of it. So sometimes, uh, especially when they're going back and showing that, you know, that clip of um, Renee kind of, you know, yeah. chopped up, they kind of like transition or like segue into what looks like like organs, you know. And I thought what it was trying to show, it, I thought it was trying to foreshadow how, you know, towards the end, um, um, it's Fred. Fred slashes uh dick laurent's neck and i thought that's yeah. what they were trying to show like a like a weird kind of moving the camera through that um and then there's also of course that huge scene towards the end where you know fred is like it's almost like a culmination of his insanity and you know yeah. his head is like fucking morphing and bursting and oh I, at the very end yeah yeah and i feel like david lynch doesn't usually do stuff like that because it's you know not truly but kind of on the nose right because you know you see that and you're like oh this guy's obviously kind of going insane well to me i took that ending again because like uh if we're going by you know this theory of uh you know he's conjured up this whole like pete character i feel like that end is uh him basically you know because they send him to the electric chair and mm-hmm. like that you know we start seeing those flashing like strobing lights as like mm. you start shaking and like there's like smoke and everything so to me i feel like that was like him like getting the chair essentially like basically Damn. because fred is so like insecure and inadequate he's like conjured up this pete person who is like the total basically this whole scenario like the whole thing like it's it's like straight up out of like yeah like a like out of a film or soap opera like he's dreaming of like oh like i'm seeing like the forbidden girl like behind behind uh the boss's back or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and and then he's like dreaming of like of like his demise as like this like spectacular police chase but in reality yeah he's just getting fucking fried in the chair i don't know that's that's, that's at least what i think <laughs> that's fair speaking of uh mr eddie what'd you think of <laughs> of his character i thought um i was kind of pleased you know i, I feel like sometimes you uh-huh. know mr eddie is a very you know, some a bit of a stereotypical kind of mafioso type guy. But I do I'm still kinda of drawn to his character. Um because there of course he he has some kind of stereotypical moments. He has anger issues, he has the fucking accent, you know. <laughs> like almost every scene he's in is in that fucking auto shop. Oh you my know? god. Um but there there is these scenes of like 
I mean, the best way to say it is, like, there's these scenes of, like, you get to see him almost, like, break the chains of these stereotypes. Like, remember when they're at um, Andy's house? Uh-huh. And I fucking, like, hate Andy's look. You know what I mean? It's so, what, like, you, that you don't mustache. Like, yeah, you don't like the pencil uh, mustache, Joe? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I mean, I love John Waters. Yeah. But it's like, anyone else, I feel like, can't do it justice. Um, But, you know, when they're in Andy's house, and they're, like, watching through the, the porn that they made. Yeah. And he, his face is just brimming. And I, I kind of love it, you know? Like, I kind of love how proud he is. You know, he's this big fucking tough mafioso guy. And he's like, look at how I fucked this girl. <laughs> I mean, to me, the the scene that steals the show is the infamous uh, tailgating scene. Right. Yeah, like, that shit still right. cracks me up. Because, like, it's fucking relatable. We've all had it those is. moments on the road where someone's being a fucking piece of shit. And we have that, you know, just, like, violent power fantasy of, like, what if I just, like, fuck this guy up? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, God, I love that scene, how, like, they just leave and the guy's just, like, on the ground just crying <laughs> as they drive away. <laughs> oh, God, one of the most spectacular scenes ever. Like, sometimes I, like... I'll I'll think of that scene. I'm like I'm gonna put this movie on just because I want to watch that scene again. <laughs> That's incredible. Hell yeah! I um gonna say I'll also mention that Patricia Arquette. You know she's like beautiful in this movie, uh-huh. but she's also yeah like so like so like cold and you know like yeah like. Like actually, kind of spooky and like, oh, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of times where you're like, you kind of feel like you know her intentions, and then she does some shit. You're like, oh my god, dude. Um, yeah, no. More she, specifically, as Alice, yeah. Yeah, she did a great job. I mean, she had yeah to play two characters. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and again, um, I was just gonna say, like in terms of uh, yeah, speaking of Alice, like again. Going mm-hmm. into that theory that, like, this is all Fred's imagination. Like, again, yeah, like, because with Renee, she actively kind of doesn't really want to be around Fred. But with Alice, like, she's, like, seeking Pete out. Like, she fucking comes right. to the fucking auto shop <laughs> in that fucking dress. And then they just, like, up, oh, let's get to fucking. Like, <laughs> like they fuck nonstop. Oh, they really do, and it's <laughs> and you know the opposite of reality for Fred, where it's just yeah, like you, you can't get any sex. I'm just—it's so interesting that you know Fred is like a musician, mm-hmm. and he's not even a bad musician. No, but his dream job is to just be a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's God. very funny. I mean, look, listen, it's more so it's like it doesn't matter what sh- what your background is. Like if, if you got the looks and you can be a smooth talker, then, yeah, you can get laid any day. But it's just fair. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like this this film is, you know, about like, you know, male inadequacy, insecurity and not being able to like 
understand women. Like he feel like Fred feels humiliated in that sex scene when he like can't, you know, get it up. Yeah. So he's like breathing all heavily and all that stuff. So yeah, very interesting indeed. David Lynch is a very fucking horny man. He really is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we know that. Also, one of the most interesting callbacks is, you know, of course, there's that that scene where he can't finish. And then, yeah, towards the end, right, I'm pretty sure it was, once again, when they're having sex in front of the cabin, um, he has... Yeah, that same face of, like, he's just remembering, you know, like, who he is yeah. and how he couldn't finish. And he just looks so sad as Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are those actors? Of course, it's Bill Pullman, and I think it's, like, Michael Massey, I want to say. Are you, and talk- they- are you talking about who plays Pete? or? Yes, yeah, oh, the actor that plays Pete. That's Balthazar Getty. Okay, Balthazar Getty. They do a really good job of, like, keeping the same kind of it's not even just facial it's it's more of like the, this kind of expression yeah of like um even when he's pete and he really is kind of a different person right he's like more suave and all that he, there's still all these instances of like you still see um fred and how kind of like scared and i don't know kind of alone he is so yeah shouts out to balthazar getty yeah yeah, he he didn't do too much acting after this. Uh, I think he was in a couple things. He did show up in Twin Peaks: The Return, which was cool. Mm. He was also in a uh, fucking Natural Born Killers. If you remember that scene where uh, Mallory like kills the, believe it or not, the auto shop guy, the gas guy. <laughs> <laughs> so oh he's playing God. he's playing another car guy in this movie. Okay. I remember seeing some fucking cockamamie like conspiracy video on YouTube where like someone was saying that like Lost Highway was a jab at natural born killers or some shit like that. And because Balthazar Getty's wow. in like one of them, like David Lynch is like trying to shit on Oliver Stone or whatever. <laughs> it was some weird fucking wow. video. I'm just like, okay, this is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> We'll talk about natural born killers at some point in the future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is also um, another Trent Reznor connection. <laughs> Trent Reznor's been doing movies for, uh, yeah. at least movie soundtracks, for quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. quite a bit. Well, yeah. Uh, he didn't really officially start, you know, actually composing till Social Network. But yeah, this is like, you know, how he kind of got his start in the film world. But hey, shouts out. Shouts out. If you didn't, well, I mean, you know, you can still talk about anything else you might have thought about. But I'm curious, since you've seen this uh, uh, at least a few times. Yeah. What do you feel that the highway itself, you know, the, the titular <laughs> uh, <laughs> theme, what do you feel like that represents uh, within um... the film? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I I still don't know the answer to that. I mean, I feel like, again, uh, the Lost Highway. Like I said, there's a lot of scenes where we're kind of lingering on darkness, and I feel right. like you get kind of like just lost in that darkness. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I I remember seeing an interview with David Lynch where he's just like, yeah, I just the name came to me, and I was like, that's it. 
there's there's a funny uh there's some funny YouTube clips of like him being interviewed about Lost Highway and like he can barely remember anything about it. <laughs> and so like the whole time he's just like taking long pauses and just being like, yeah, so uh, I had some ideas and Barry had some ideas and we just got together and saw which ideas worked. I was like, wow, very riveting stuff, David. <laughs> Again, it, you know, it's a it's a nice title because yeah you you get kind of lost in the madness of it all, and I was gonna ask what did you think of uh, Richard Pryor's appearance in this movie? I mean I was I think like, this was his last film appearance too. This was that's right, um, which is so befitting I feel like, but I think it was um, of course it was cool you know I love love me some Richard Pryor. It was also, I think he probably appreciated that one of his last appearances, you know, he's still just kind of a naturally mm-hmm. kind of funny dude. So I was like smiling when I saw him, <laughs> but he wasn't like the role itself wasn't necessarily comedic, right? He's just yeah. happy to see Pete. Yeah, back. That, that's literally yeah, that's all he it. does. That's literally all he does. <laughs> But it's and it's I, very heartwarming where he's just like Pete is back. Is. <laughs> yes, like he's so excited just to have you know it's not even like his employee it's his friend back yeah. and I just um it's you know in in the realm of like thinking that okay all this is kind of like made up within Fred's mind and to just have a character like that <laughs> I, I it just felt so wholesome Look, so i really appreciate fred it. is lonely he's not getting that in his his real real life he just wants you know sex and companionship that is true uh i was going to say this earlier but i i felt like it was just going to drag us off the rails but i'm going to say it anyway i feel like okay. both this movie and the batman have some incel vibes <laughs> We'll get we'll get to that when we discuss the Batman. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm. That's incredible. We. I'm so ready to talk about the Batman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so funny you said that. But yeah, I guess let's maybe wrap this up and I guess give our final thoughts on this. Is there anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to point out? No, I will say, this was. You know, I'm so. Uh, we didn't talk about Gary Busey that much. <laughs> yeah. He I'm I'm so used to like Gary Busey the meme, right? This yeah. like crazy dude. He's not really that yeah. crazy in this film. He's pretty restrained and, he's, and wholesome. And he's uh yeah, he still does a great job, right? He's just kind of like a dad. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other like there's a bunch of like over the top characters and then there are characters like yeah, like Gary Busey uh his wife sheila like a lot of the characters surprisingly in pete's world are more or less like grounded yeah uh everything you know everyone except like alice and um (laughs) fucking eddie yeah yeah so you know shouts out I, i you know i like this uh, seeing Gary Busey do that, I was like, "Oh, well, he's not just a like a crackhead of an actor, right? He he can do yeah. very basic, <laughs> basic roles too." Yep, yep. Shout out, 
shout out to uh was it quigley the dog movie that he's in oh my god um <laughs> i guess so i have no idea what that man is up to but i mean other than that i don't really have my we can you know get to final thoughts do you <laughs> want to go first or should i uh I guess I can go first, but yeah, so as I said, you know, since this was the first David Lynch movie I ever saw, it, you know, it holds a special place in my heart. It's definitely not the best out of his catalog, and like I said, um, it is pretty, it's it's very dated in terms of, of its time, like, so that is kind of, uh, if you, one of one of the criticisms that I would say that I would direct towards this movie. But other than that, I still think, you know, like, if it wasn't for this, I don't know. I mean, maybe I would have saw a different David Lynch film, but, like, it was a, it was a weird place to start. It got my mind curious because, like, it kind of exposed me as, like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know film could be like this to, like, where narratives don't have to be, like, fucking linear. Like, and right. things can be kind of, like, like <laughs> go above, like, time and space and a lot of people like to say like this this movie is kind of like a Mobius strip because it like starts and ends at the same point, right? Um, which you know not original. A lot of people have done that. Uh, some people have uh, compared this to like an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge or whatever it's called. It, <laughs> you know. I've never seen that one actually. Uh, okay, I won't spoil it then, but it's a, it's a classic. Uh, Got you. But yeah. I, I I overall enjoy the 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 mood that it like it goes for it, it on you know instead of focusing on like telling a clear cut story it's more focused on creating like a dark sur- uh, sur- uh, why can't I speak S- surrealistic mood there we go <laughs> an atmosphere right. and I yeah the film just kind of wanders and drifts through like a lot of like symbolism and themes and it never like kind of gives you a clear answer it's all you know lost in the mystery which is <laughs> what david lynch is all about and yeah like i said if you're a fan of of you know darkness and weird confusion around sex and identity then you know hey give this a shot i guess in terms of a rating uh let's say seven out of 10. I'm okay. Yeah. The fucking soundtrack though, that soundtrack is a pretty, pretty good soundtrack. Nine out of 10. <laughs> it has like the That's one, fair. one smashing pumpkin song. I I actually like, <laughs> and we don't have to go on that tirade about smashing pumpkins. It's just Billy Corgan's voice. Ain't my cup of tea, but I think it was a fine song. <laughs> anyway okay. what are your final thoughts on this movie joe in a weird way you know i have not seen every david lynch film but in a weird way this has like i feel like this film will stick in my mind like the hardest of all the david lynch films really I've seen. wow just because it's so like i feel like there are so many things so many ways that david lynch could have uh david lynch likes to make you know very almost kind of like uh like neo-noir type yeah. things you know what i mean yeah like very like oh government agencies and like like i don't know like like secret lovers and things like that mm-hmm. and in a sense there are moments of that in this 
but for the most part, it's mostly about like uh, you know, of course, this guy kills his wife, and you know, he kind of dreams up like wanting to have sex with her again. I don't know. It's so it's like weird, but it's not like super out there in terms of like the the baseline story. You know, a lot of times. Dave Lynch stuff, the baseline story is like kind of bonkers, right? Like Twin yeah. Peaks, the whole thing is like this girl was kind of a wild card and did a uh-huh. lot of crazy stuff. Um, but I feel like in this one, David Lynch was just like, this is just a dude who's really lost his way. Um, yeah. And this, he just wants to like kind of imagine a, his way out of all that and um i don't know it's just so like like you said there's just so many jarring points uh, but with that as kind of the 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 foundation of it where i was like jesus you know it, it's uh i don't know there's, there's a lot of moments that i'm um i don't know i, I really have i'm gonna have to give this one another watch oh yeah um this is definitely one of those films that benefits from seeing it multiple times. Like even this time around, I was catching on to things that I'd never noticed before. I wish I had more of a justification. I think just because it's like confusing, but still super engaging enough. I'm going to go with 7.5. Okay. And I know I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm usually a bit of a stickler, but I love surrealist art. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah, and that's I'm biased. David Lynch to a T. Yeah, I know, I know. Alrighty, um, but yeah, we did it. Um, did do know. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, you know, spend all night talking about this movie because yeah, there's a lot to unpack. But yeah, it's one of those things where you have to kind of just let it take you where it takes you, and you know, you'll get it different interpretations every time you see it. That's fair. Alrighty. But yeah, we got uh, some other movies to talk about. Um, we finally got around to watching the new Batman film simply titled The Batman. Something in the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are we feeling about this uh, This almost three-hour fucking film? Yeah, it's... It is a lot. I mean, just to, you know, because we don't want to spend too, too much time on it. Quick things for me. Number one, was impressed. I was impressed by Robert Pattinson. It just, if you think of like, okay, a Batman where, you know, his parents died like 20 years ago. He grew up in the fucking, the early 2000s. Uh, shit like that it really feels like actually that's that's probably what he'd be like you know he'd be kind of like a goth loner and <laughs> I, I kind of appreciate that you know that kind of honesty to uh, the generation and um, I also really like just the I appreciate this version of Gotham more than the one that was in uh, Joker like yeah. that Joker movie yeah yeah, like I will say, like 
in terms, like, generally speaking, the movie's fine. It's, it's a decent movie, but I will say, out of, like, all of the Batman movies as of late, I feel like it, yeah, it nails the whole, like, vibe of Gotham. Like, in terms of the look and, like, the cinematography and the colors, like, I feel like they, they got it pretty pretty well, pretty spot on. So I did appreciate that. And yeah, I think the performances were all around pretty good. Fucking Colin Farrell as the penguin. Oh my dude. I got through the whole movie before I was like, what the fuck? Like I had <laughs> to go on IMDB. And I was like, there's no fucking way I miss Colin Farrell and then realize he was the penguin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was insane to me. Just the I didn't know I mean, both him and Robert Pattinson have now proved that they can master the 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 art artistry of accents. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I don't know, right? It's it's hard. I feel like these days to really review a Batman movie because you're reviewing them, you know, based on like eight movies that yeah. came before it, and. I mean, let's be honest. We're gonna compare it to the Dark Knight. Right. And and actually, I feel like this movie is like kind of a. Uh, this this is one of the critiques I'll definitely say for it. Like I feel like it's it's kind of taking from elements of like the different Batman movies. Like like for instance, uh, I feel like the that that ending where like you know the fucking I guess spoiler alert where fucking Riddler blows up the fucking bridges very similar to the right. dark knight rises where dark knight. bane right. throws yeah. up yeah the, the the fucking bridges and <laughs> i mean the city doesn't flood but yeah it's similar thing and uh yeah i just feel like this movie while you know i think it, it had some good moments here and there obviously the runtime is is kind of much I will say, even though it's almost three hours, it doesn't drag, but I feel like you still could could have whittled a good chunk of this movie down. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no need for it to be almost three hours long. I think that's fair. Um, I think... I just... I think it starts really strong. You know, like, the 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 first kind of, um, like, like, when, you know... Uh, this Batman is kind of introducing himself as like, you know, he's he himself is still figuring out who he is. Yeah. But the mythology of Batman is what scares people. Like that was some uh I thought that was really good. That was like some kind of harking back to the fucking animated series, right? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So so I I was like, damn, this is kind of cool. But yeah, once you get to like near the end, you're like, all right. Can you just like fuck Catwoman and like you know you, we don't have to do yeah I don't know so much of this. I think that's also one of the problems is that I feel like there's a little too many characters here, and mm-hmm. I I'll be honest with you I feel like if you got rid of like Alfred and if you got rid of Catwoman it wouldn't really change the story all that much. Hmm. Like, not saying that, okay. you know, Catwoman was, like, completely, like, terrible or anything. I just feel like all she, like, all she really did was, like, just, like, help Batman out, like, once or twice, and then that was it. Like, if, like you don't really see her that much in the movie, so. It's fair. Uh, 
That's fair. Other than that, uh, yeah, I think most of the cast did a fine job. Is kind of weird with like okay, so with the villain, with the Riddler, right? <laughs> I feel like okay, they're they're obviously trying to. I, I know they 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 you can't replicate another Joker from the Dark Knight, but I feel like they were trying to do that in the beginning. And especially, like, when they're showing the fucking videos of him, like, you know, torturing people on his phone. Like, that was, like, clearly, you know, taken from right. that infamous scene in Dark the Dark Knight. Knight. So I'm yeah. just kind of like, oh, man. Like, that was my main issue with this movie. It's just kind of like, like, you feel like they're just kind of taking things that you've already seen and just, like, putting them here and there. And just be like, here's the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a weird jarring thing with the fucking Riddler like coming off with his like deep menacing voice and then fall, <laughs> find out it's like fucking skinny twig boy Paul Dano <laughs> with his incel looking ass. Oh my god. And, and I mean some cringe dialogue here. <laughs> there is I kind of didn't like I kind of didn't like the Riddler like I in the start of the film when he's like kind of breaking into people's houses and shit and he doesn't talk much it's like okay that is kind of menacing right but when he's just like you know like he's, he's he's almost like this weird mix of like that dark knight joker and then the dark knight rises kind of bane but he doesn't like even in like the costume and all that he just doesn't look like <laughs> frightening like i don't know um and then he sings ave maria i had to kind of i had to stop the movie for a second because like come on man like why would you have to the fucking falsetto the way he does it too I will say when I I try to watch it the other night and like yeah you know the movie starts out with Ave Maria and I was, right <laughs> and my girlfriend was just like this is a very cringe <laughs> and I was just like all right I will continue this tomorrow <laughs> yeah they fucking yeah spam that song like four or five times a lot a and that's lot. another Absolutely. criticism I have of the movie is yeah the well, like I feel like the the soundtrack and the score is fine. It was jarring to fucking hear that Nirvana song. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck? Like this is in a Yo. Batman movie?" Yes, it's canon. He listens to it in that scene. Oh my and god! I I don't know if this was a joke or not, but I remember seeing like an article saying that like Robert Pattinson kind of like. Like was inspired by Kurt Cobain for for oh. for the Batman character. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking funny. Oh my god, it's just it's like man, just to think, what would Kurt Cobain think if he was alive? I have no idea. He would be, you know, <laughs> that's like if there was a Batman. Five years from now, that's like, I, this Batman is based on Johnny Depp. <laughs> what? Like, why? 
You gonna put him in weird hats? I don't know. For oh. this new Batman film, I took a lot of inspiration from Gerard Way. <laughs> 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 the Black Parade. I was listening it to on on repeat on the set. Right. <laughs> and I mean, but if, if we're being for real, for real though, I feel like that is a a legit criticism in terms of like, okay, Batman is kind of for the past decade or so, I mean, probably two decades or so longer than that has just been getting edgier and edgier yeah to the point of like you know i do like this interpretation of it but like are we just gonna have an a batman where he's literally just an edgelord you know and that's like <laughs> the whole character i mean look that's what happens with the riddler as we find out these fucking online with these incels Joe, I cannot stress. I started like laughing. I was losing I was my dying. shit yeah. when like it cuts to like him like on the on fucking Twitch. He's just live streaming, <laughs> torturing and killing people. She's like, "Hey guys, welcome to my stream." Oh my god. Uh, that was fucking hilarious. This movie does have like a sense of humor about itself and like the kind of tropes of what you know, I feel like no one has really done a Riddler quite like that. You know, that really brings a Riddler to like the modern day. But um, I don't know. It, it's like you said, it's a kind of give or take of like, I, I do like some of the direction yeah. and overall aesthetics of what they would like. I love that bat suit and how it's like kind of patchwork, you know? Yeah. But um. Yeah, like some of these characters, I feel like they like even stuff like that club that they go to. It's like what club? I don't know, fifty one or some shit. Club Penguin. <laughs> Basically, Club Penguin. <laughs> it's it, it's just like they go there like six or seven times, and yeah. you're like, I don't know, dude. You're like, why did you need to? Because if they go there in a different movie, I'm going to be like, why? Yeah. You know, like, it's, surely there has to be more crime that happens outside of this one <laughs> dumbass club, you know? Oh, my God. I know this is on a completely different tangent, but I was rolling my eyes at that whole reveal of, like, of uh, Falcone as, like, Catwoman's dad. I was just like, this is such a cliche trope that's like been done before. Like, why are we doing this now? We're essentially doing a like, I, like, like Luke, I am your father type shit. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, and I don't even know. I don't know how to feel about it. You know, it's it's. I do like that this movie has more kind of mafioso elements because there's a lot of kind of, yeah, like mafia type shit yeah. in earlier kind of Batman media that mm-hmm. I feel like movies don't really get into that often. Um, but yeah, Falcone really is kind of like a, hey, kid, remember when, you know, you were just a tot and yeah. I was like, killing people? Rawr. I don't know. Your father, he paid me to kill. <laughs> It's just like, I mean, I kind of had high hopes when they introduced, you know, uh, was it like Thomas Wayne, like Bruce Wayne's dad, who's like a politician, 
and then you know they have like not just ties as like a kind of a fun for gotham but like as a political force i was like okay that's kind of cool but then they do stuff like that and then the whole thing was like oh bruce wayne's mom had to go you know she had to go to the psych ward and then then someone had to die because of it you're like well this happened like in the canon that happened in like 2000 and i feel like people were kind of coming around the therapy by then like i don't know it feels a little dated in that sense to to make a story about like the conflict of the story is like they just didn't want people to know that she you know was dealing with mental health blah it's like okay you know i don't know i mean look look it has taken a long way to get get here i mean we're still kind of in the midst True. of of fighting the stigma around you know mental health and mental illness but uh you're not wrong yeah so yeah it's kind of a yeah it's a little bit of a mess of a movie i think it gets yeah some things right i think it gets the overall atmosphere right in terms of gotham and the batman but I just feel like compared to like the Christopher Nolan movies, uh, the characters don't really draw me in as much. Okay. Um, you know, Robert Pattinson did a good job. I'm glad that he wasn't too goofy with the Batman voice, like Christian Bale. <laughs> um, right. Right. But then again, I, that's kind of like what a, a charm factor to those is just how fucking goofy, like he, how deep he gets with the voice. <laughs> <laughs> One of my all-time favorite like movie-going experiences was watching like The Dark Knight Rises, and he's just fucking screaming at the end like, "Why, why, Shay, why?" <laughs> <laughs> fucking incredible! One of the oh best movie-going experiences of my life. I was like <laughs> trying to contain from like hollering like laughter, and <laughs> and when that scene happened, <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, oh. uh, is there any more you want to say about the Batman? Um, I will say, and I mean, I, I'm still not giving up on it because I'm sure it's still playing somewhere. I kind of wish I saw this in theaters yeah. in a weird sense, just because there's stuff like, like when they first showed the fucking, um, the Batmobile, I thought that was a really cool, um, uh, like the sound design in that scene was uh -huh. like, holy fuck. You know, yeah. Um, Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz. I'm not gonna lie, she's fucking bedazzling in this movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and there's yeah, like I said, just the aesthetics, just like really good cinematography. I think they said um, they use not just CGI, but like the kind of stuff that they've been using in the Mandalorian, whatever that new kind of. Mm -hmm. um special effects type is but it works really well yeah um and i just it probably looks real nice on the big screen i think uh last time i checked they still are playing it but it's usually like just one showing late at night so uh <laughs> I right guess if you have any free time try to, to <laughs> catch a very late showing yeah my, my dad who's probably listening to this he kept on pestering it's like you gotta go see it. You gotta go see it in the theater. And again, it's mostly it's the runtime where it's just like, yo, dog. It's hard to like 
carve out three minutes, uh, th- not three minutes, three hours <laughs> in a fucking day to take the time to watch this movie. So I was yeah. like, I literally watched this movie in the comfort of home. Um, I watched the majority of it at home, and I'm not going to lie, I, I'm going to piss off David Lynch with this one. I watched the last 30 minutes on my phone at work. <laughs> I was wow. Just like, well, I got to finish it. So <laughs> Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film. You'll think you have experienced it, but you'll be <clears throat> cheated. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. I guess final rating for bat for this new Batman, Joe. And that's a good question too. I actually I want to root for it. And, you know, in some respects, it's like, I remember even as a kid, like, seeing Batman Begins, and I'm like, I don't really know how to feel about it. Yeah. You know? But it could be the start of something kind of cool. Um, ah, ah. There's some interesting directions with it, but like you said, there's a lot of kind of, it's very tropey. Yeah. I'm going to go with maybe a 7 out of 10, just because it's like... Okay, you have Batman. You know people are going to go see this movie. You can take some chances. Mm-hmm. And then they still kind of didn't in some way, in, like writing-wise. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, you know, even though I love nice cinematography, writing is, that's that's the movie, you know? that's That's the meat and potatoes. So that's my take on it. How did you Holy feel? Crap, how did you feel about? Because they kind of do this this arc with Batman. Because like 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 you said in the beginning of the film, like he's building up how like he's like instilling fear in Gotham, and mm-hmm. then he kind of has that change where he's just like you know like I need to get past this like whole vengeance thing and just you right. know, be more of of I guess a beacon of light, and just. How'd you feel about that? You think it was kind of cheesy, or you think it was uh, it was well deserved or earned? I mean, I was actually kind of struck by it. Like, of course, I do get this whole like I thought it was kind of cheesy that he was calling himself vengeance. Yeah, and you know that was like I do understand. You know, if I were Batman and I saw my parents fucking die. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to be happy about it, you know? So I understand why he started out like that. Like, I, I got why he was the way he was. And then it was interesting to see that uh, that switch of, like, I can, yeah, like, you know, I can be this kind of beacon of hope. They do a really good job of showing, like, that dichotomy of, you know, there's that guy in the beginning who um what it's like um near the subway with like that gang he's about to get beat up and batman saves him but he's still afraid of batman because he doesn't know what the fuck yeah to think of this guy versus near the end there's the lady who's on the stretcher Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to let batman go because he's like okay i i trust this guy now and um yeah I think they took a long fucking time to, <laughs> you know, show that 
change, but I do appreciate that change. And even that monologue he had at the end, even if it it's a little cheesy. Yeah. But I, I think I think it was actually handled well and I'm interested to see how they um go about it in the next film. I'm interested to know which fucking villain they choose for the next one. I assume it has something to do with that one dude who was just kind of talking to Bruce, you know, like in the uh in the crowd in that church scene, mm. right? Oh yeah. Um I just have no idea who that dude's going to end up being villain-wise. Who knows? Uh, I remember I did a quick skim of like the Wikipedia and like the future projects. And uh, I, I remember seeing Mr. Freeze's name on there. I was like, oh, that's it. We oh got to go God. for it. <laughs> it could be, you know, it could. Be. I mean, they got to do a Mr. Freeze that's better than the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Oh, so. better than Arnold. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you this. I had like a copy probably on vhs of batman and robin and that technically <laughs> that is the batman movie i've seen the most because i saw it a lot as a kid wow i know <laughs> i know uh in terms of i guess for my final thoughts on this on this batman yeah i think it overall has some good ideas and for the most part it's a it's a fine film it's executed pretty well uh you know not the best, not amazing. I'll be honest. I'm probably not gonna rewatch this in the future. And again, not to say that it's bad, but it's just like, like I feel like, yeah, it doesn't really do a good job for me personally in terms of like connecting with the characters. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I, I appreciate some of the direction that was taken with it. Um, I'm just kind of. I only saw this just out of curiosity of just, you know, Robert Pattinson and the rest of the cast. Um, Cause like, I'll be honest, I'm kind of fatigued when it comes to superhero movies. Like ever since fucking like the, the Thanos shit, Joe, like I've just been kind of like, I've kind of wiped my hands of it and just like, all right, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, like, I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for Spider-Man. Uh, I still haven't seen the the latest one, but I'll get around to it. But, okay. Yeah, I, I keep my superhero movie um, consumption to a very, very, very low point. <laughs> but uh, I guess if I had to rate this movie, I'd probably give it a six out of ten. Okay. Okay. I feel it. I feel it. And uh, I guess if Robert Pattinson continues to play the batman i guess i'll still keep an eye out we'll see what happens we will i am definitely it feels like you know every new role robert pattinson chooses to uh take on it's you're like oh you know he's just getting bolder and bolder and i kind of respect that you know i mean look it's top to it's hard to top the lighthouse but right you know. I still got to give that man mad props. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of the lighthouse and <laughs> Mr. Vengeance. Yes. Um, I saw the new Robert Eggers movie. Okay. The, the North man. And uh, I, I won't talk. I won't get too much into detail because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Um, but this is, is uh, I guess, technically his big 
his first big kind of studio movie. Like, like he got kind of a, a, a bigger budget than usual for this movie. Uh, unfortunately, didn't do that well at the box office. Uh, they said it was a box office bomb. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, but I think it was it was fine. It was a good movie. It's definitely not as great as The Witch and The Lighthouse. I will say this is definitely... It's kind of hard to say this, but it, it's kind of... Uh, is most i guess commercially like accessible movie and i say that like with 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 kind of like a (laughs) take that with a grain of salt if you will because like it's still you know robert eggers he's still very fascinated all his movies have been like historical period pieces and like the dialect is definitely of the time uh i mean they do speak english in this movie it's kind of weird because they go back and forth from speaking English and then like the other languages, which are like, I guess like Nordic or like Icelandic. Um, okay. But if you haven't heard of this movie or seen the trailers, it's basically, it's a tale as old as time where fucking, uh, um, it's basically Hamlet. Oh, okay. Got you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean the fucking, the, the character's, uh, the main character's name is Amleth, and I've read that actually that this movie is based on like the the folk tale that I guess inspired Hamlet. Oh. I, don't know, I could be wrong about that. Okay. But yeah, essentially, it's yeah, it's it's a revenge story as you see in the trailer, and uh, you know to to tie it back in with all the films that we've seen today, I think this film is kind of about you know uh more masculine shit i mean obviously for the time it's like in the you know not year 900 or whatever um but it's like you know the masculine urge to 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 take pride in your in your heritage and and mm-hmm. die on the hill and avenge your your fallen brethren and it's it kind of uh in a way as like the other robert eggers movies kind of do where they kind of like critique um a lot of shit like you know with the witch kind of critiques the patriarchy with the lighthouse this uh critiques the lighthouse critiques kind of capitalism and this is kind of critiquing the just yeah these like very old like um these things that are driven into like men's head like just like masculine shit um I wish I could say more about it, cause yeah, I don't want to, but I don't want to spoil it. That's but okay. All I'll say is, um, in terms of uh, the brutality, I feel like he did a good job of capturing the the brutality of the violence that's depicted. Okay. Like it, it's very like you feel it, like it gets really bloody, and uh, you see some horrific shit. Like you see villages, cause you know it's a Viking movie. You see right. villages getting fucking pillaged and slaughtered. It, and it's it's pretty fucking gruesome, um, you know. Cast did a pretty fine job. Uh, fucking Bjark, Bjark killed it. She's only in the movie for like two minutes, but she did an amazing job. Okay. So so yeah, don't get your hopes up, y'all. If you're going to see Bjark, she's only in there for <laughs> a very short period of time, but she she leaves an impact. Okay. Um, and I guess what else sh- can I say about this that doesn't spoil it? Uh, 
yeah, that's pretty much it. It's Robert, like, it's weird because I've, I've read some interviews with Robert Eggers saying that, you know, there's a lot of studio interference with this movie because they want it commercially viable. And I think he wanted to, you know, go as as he does, as we've seen with the the witch in the lighthouse. He wanted to be a little bit more out there. And while there are a lot of moments that are very out there, very fucking weird and trippy, um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a more straightforward story than than uh, his other films. But yeah, I'd say go check it out if you're a fan of Robert Eggers. Okay. Um, Am. I would give yeah. it probably a seven out of ten. It, you know, it sounds harsh to say this. It's definitely my least favorite of his three films, but like, it's still not a bad movie. Like, there's still it still has his his style. Like, it still has like that director's vision of like, oh yeah, this is a Robert Eggers movie. But other than that, yeah, if you want to see some, like mostly, uh, you know, a period piece a brutal historical period piece and yeah go check it out if it's still in theaters i don't know if it's still gonna be in theaters if it's not doing well (laughs) um yeah we'll see and you know we'll see kind of where it ends up going i I don't even know they figured that out quite yet um i haven't seen it yet so i gotta get on that i'll get back to you yeah i think i i could be wrong but i think i remember seeing an interview saying that I don't know if he's going to kind of go for those like the big budget in terms of making feature films cuz his previous films were made on kind of small budgets doing a lot with a little and right. I think you know it took a couple of years to get this one made so he probably dealt with a lot of stress kind of similar to you know what David Lynch went through with making Dune he's like he made it made a made a big studio movie and was right. like fuck this shit <laughs> never again <laughs> but yeah you gotta have full creative control at the end of the day <laughs> i mean well you know a, a director like robert eggers yeah. he's basically like an hour tour so i understand that yeah yeah um but yeah a few things so first of all um the new trailer for the new Avatar just came out. Um, I don't know how everyone feels about Avatar. It has literally been, you know, like a whole decade. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like not even just 10 years. It's been at least 12 years. Probably a little bit longer. Um, but it's coming out in December. So I imagine we're going to talk about it. At some point, I don't know if I'm gonna see it in theaters. I I don't know. We'll see. Um, but that is interesting. And I mean, I think they're gonna have a whole trilogy of those coming out. I don't know, something like that. So that's kind of. I don't know. J- James Cameron has been talking a lot of big talk this past decade. He said <laughs> he wanted to put out like fucking five Avatar movies. Right. It's taken him <laughs> over ten years to get this one out. So. I don't know. Right. I'm I'm kind of like whatever on Avatar. I never really got the big hype as everyone else. Like I get it. Like special effects. Oh wow. Yes, I love the the blue man group. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just oh. it's a story that's been told before. It's just fucking Pocahontas in space. 
Right. And, uh, right. A little bit of front and belly. Yeah. I just, it's just something that I've never been able to click with. So That's I fair. don't know if I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, if, if I get dragged to it, then yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll watch it and see that's the exact i feel like this is a movie that if <laughs> any of us are getting dragged to it's probably going to be this one um so you know just heads up on that you know december holiday season that's totally on purpose um what else is there another current event i'm sure y'all have heard about the supreme court case yeah. so it's more of like a leak of like kind of an opinion so it's not like something that has necessarily happened but it's something but they're planning on doing it yes that could very easily happen and uh it could be pretty bad you know it could lead to a lot of more divisiveness there's i feel like the people that listen to this podcast we're probably already on the same page when it comes to stuff like that Mm-hmm. so all i'll say is just you know stay informed um if you feel comfortable go to some protests you know i know those are happening already um you know but it's uh if you want to have the kind of future where we all have the the rights to bodily autonomy and things like that you you gotta yeah yeah you just gotta stay on it and i know it sucks i know this is this really dumb situation but i feel like you know all we can do is just voice our opinions about it and you know try to steer the future in the right path and we'll see how that goes um basically come together y'all we have to fucking come together as a community and it's 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 not as not as simple as uh you know just going out and vote because obviously democrats have been elected in and they ain't doing shit about it and neither side's gonna do shit about it so basically the 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 people they gotta fucking take the power back so just do what you can do whatever you can to yeah protest spread the word also learn about you know safe ways to you know seek out abortion because you know they're you know yes please if this happens you know you still have there's still you know because regardless of whether or not this happens and roe v wade does get overturned people are still going to like get abortions so the best you can do is if you are in that situation because we have the resources there are many people out there who can provide you know knowledge on safe ways and alternative ways of going about you know abortion so just do your best to stay informed and spread that knowledge yes um i mean i wish there were you know easier ways i know it's a hard decision in itself but you know please try to i mean i know we're you know we're in texas so it's even harder already but you know i I guess please try to you know do pills do things just just very kind of medically um um overseen very medically as opposed to like you know situations that you know or you or loved ones could like get hurt physically you know yeah um 
Ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucky situation. Yeah, but dark times we're living in. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I think, I know those are like such a wide margin of um, uh, so two very different events I just talked about, but I think yeah. those are the two main current events. I can't think of anything. I mean, else. yeah, there's always shit going on, but yeah. you know. Those are the ones that caught our eye. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, do you have anything? To- no, I was just gonna bring it back that, uh, like, uh, like the people in power who are you know trying to overturn this shit, and the people who, um, you know, control, you know, the the lawmakers and such. It's it's like like I was saying with Lost Highway. It's like men just uh, we live in a fucking patriarchal society where uh men don't care to treat women as equals um so yeah we have to fucking tear that shit down tear it down yeah i mean you know it's just things will never really change until we kind of force it a little bit you know and um i don't know if something like that will happen for Texas soon, because people are pretty not necessarily, yeah. not everybody's happy about Beto, right? I mean, I'd rather him than this fucking, <laughs> this motherfucker that's here right now. But oh no, yeah, get, get, get Abbott out. Boot him out. Yeah. Um, I want, I want someone to do a fucking Big Lebowski where they fucking <laughs> just take him out of his chair. Yeah. Put him on the ground. Send them a fucking toe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. That is not a legal threat. It's an internet threat. Um, I will say, you know, I'm sure I have a pretty, I have a feeling that uh, at least a state like, like Georgia, Georgia might actually go to Stacey Abrams and, you know, might have mm-hmm. a Democratic sem- uh, senator. And, yeah. you know, we might not get everyone to kind of move in better directions but if we can get one that's that's actually pretty good too um yeah and you know to all all like you know women and trans folks out there like i totally get it if you need to fucking get out of this miserable state because yeah i know some people are you know getting out because yeah like shit is fucking grim and texas has not been kind so no I, I totally get it. I mean, I I've been wanting, I've been having thoughts of like, yeah, I kind of want to get out of this this hell state. I mean, I'd like to leave the country in general, but yeah, it start start small. But yeah, just uh, do what you can. Stay strong out there, y'all. For sure, stay strong. I would also urge anyone to travel because sometimes there's just so much you can learn by traveling yeah um okay so i mean that's it do you have any uh current events possibly no no we can uh get on to your movie recommendation <laughs> which yeah it's weird to bring up after such no. dark things in the world but you know hey we gotta keep it going it's okay i actually have Something that just popped up on my phone. So it's not going to be breaking news when people listen to this. But I just got a news notification that Young Thug has been arrested on gang charges. Oh, no. Yeah. 
shit. So free thugger, y'all. Free, free thugger. That's about that. That's literally about to happen when we wake up tomorrow. Probably happening right now on Twitter. But um, so that's kind of I came out of nowhere. My recommendation is actually I know I talk a lot about Train Spotting, and uh-huh. which is directed by Danny Boyle. I'll get to that one day. For now, I still have not seen Slumdog, um, <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. Wow, right? really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but um, damn. So that's my. I know. I'm surprised yeah, you escaped so. the craze because, like, when that movie came out, like people were just crazy about it. Like, you couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't go anywhere without people talking about that movie. But damn, it has been a while since I've seen it because I like I saw it as a kid when it came out. <laughs> So it would be interesting to kind of see this now as an adult. <laughs> but right. And um, I I also feel like Dev Patel is a bit of an underrated actor. Ooh, yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like this was a really wasn't his like first big break, but a super breakout role mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for like American audiences. Right. Right. So, I mean yeah you know let me i want to get more danny boyle in my life same and um so i mean yeah i've like i said i, I don't know how but i've never seen this i <laughs> i've kind of been able to not know too much about it um but it should be interesting wow that's that's what i'll say yeah that's my that's my choice well, there you have it. So we're going to fucking watch Slumdog Millionaire, which, yeah, I haven't seen since I was a kid. So hey. that'll be interesting to talk about. Uh, if you are like Joe and you somehow have not you know, seen this movie yet, then uh, you know, tune in two weeks from now. You have two weeks to watch it <laughs> before we spoil the fuck out of it. Right. I want to say it's on HBO Max. You can find it somewhere. somewhere it's a popular yeah. movie. Right. Unlike Lost Highway, which I don't know why it's not streaming anywhere, could be a rights issue. But right, the music. I was yeah, I was kind of surprised because I feel like you know before you had picked Lost Highway, I had heard you know a bit about it, and I feel like you can find every other David Lynch film. So mm-hmm. it also maybe it's a uh, because of uh, Robert Blake being in it. Maybe David Lynch is like nah. I don't want them to get any money from this shit. <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> Which, so. yeah, that, yeah, that is kind of a... I could be wrong. This is all speculation. But anyway, we're rambling. We are rambling. Um, yeah, so yeah. We'll watch Slumdog Millionaire in two weeks. Episode comes out every two weeks on Friday. If you haven't, you know, follow us on, on, on Instagram at Videotapes Podcast for all updates and such. F- follow us... Uh, you know, keep up with us on the Anchor website, anchor.fm slash videotapes podcast. And if you ever want to reach out to us, send us an email at we.miss.videotapes. Uh, not, I fucked that up. We.miss.blockbuster <laughs> okay. at gmail.com. And uh, you can also leave us a voice message on our Anchor website at anchor.fm slash videotapes podcast. And there we go. That's all the shit we have to plug. Mm hmm. And that about does it for this episode. Uh, hope I hope the audio quality is better this time around. Um, <laughs> it's thank you for your okay. patience. 
gonna be. I'm okay. gonna wrap it up now because I have cats screaming at me in the background. So thank you for listening, everyone. Thank bye you for bye. Listening. Bye. Uh, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. <laughs>